There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of NFL Friday here on this Friday, September 10th of 2021. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, it has returned. We made it through the spring, we made it through the summer, we sat through those preseason games, and now finally, the NFL regular season is officially underway. Of course, last night, the opener with the Bucks and Cowboys. A lot to get into today. Of course, we're going to recap that game. We're also going to be talking Jets and Giants like we always do as we approach the week one. We'll go more in depth in those game matchups. And we'll also be picking this week's slate of games. We'll go down the entire list of the 15 remaining games. And uh, 15 remaining games. What am I talking about here? Um, yeah, 15 remaining games. Sorry, I, I, I don't know what I was doing. But anyway, the point is, we're going to go through the games. And um, here to do it with me, as always, is Mike Messina. Mike, how's it going? Good, Mike. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for Sunday. I'm excited to just sit down on my couch um, and, and really just get to watch football. Last night's game was like the best possible outcome for opening night for the NFL season that I, I think we all could have imagined a game that comes down to the wire. And, and of course ends with Tom Brady getting them in field goal position and, and winning the game like that. So it was a great night, great night of football. And I'm excited for, for the season to come. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, like you said, I think it was, it seems we always get a good game on opening night. I can't really remember in recent memory, not having a solid game. And of course, you know, Brady with that final drive there for the win, we're going to get more into that in a second. And also I'd like to welcome in right now, of course, Lou Orlando, who's our fantasy expert for this week, like I mentioned on last week's show, will be bringing in a fantasy expert throughout the season. And this week, we got Lou with us. Lou, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm super excited that uh, that football is back. And uh, I already have negative points in fantasy. So the season's underway. Couldn't be better. Great. Um, so I, I know how you're feeling. I had Mike Evans last night. Didn't really give me a lot of points. And Bucks defense, I picked them up this year, too. I was like, you know. I'll stick with him in the Cowboys game. I know it wasn't the best points projection that that bit me there. It didn't really work out, but you know, we're going to move on. I'm sure everyone has their fantasy ups and downs, but let's, let's get into that game from last night. I think that's probably what most people are thinking about right now. And um, look, we mentioned it off the top, Mike and I, and, you know, just in a super exciting game, you know, the, the reigning Super Bowl champions, of course, there was that opening ceremony defeated the Dallas Cowboys 31 to 29 with a minute 24 to go in the game down to points. Tom Brady led the Bucks down the field for Ryan Suckup's 36 yard game winning field goal. I mean, look, Brady was fantastic in this game. Uh, you saw some of the great Bucks weapons go off. We can break down more individual performance in a second. And also Dak. Great to see him play super well after the injury. So, Mike, uh, what's your biggest takeaway from this game? What kind of stood out for you? If there's any 
performance that you really want to mention right off the top? Yeah, uh, you kind of already mentioned it. Dak Prescott, man, this guy ha- is facing as much adversity as he's probably faces, faced in his entire life coming off that injury, that, that brutal injury last year, and, and really came out of the gate and just played the absolute best he could. 42 for 58, 403 yards, three TDs, and an interception. I mean, that is good for a, a player with a lot of uncertainty going into this season. We have the contract talks, the injury. And he came out, he, he came out on the field last night and absolutely balled in, in Tampa, the reigning Super Bowl champs, and, and put up a great fight. And honestly, they should have won that game. If some of those kicks aren't missed, that's a Dallas win. And it's unfortunate that the Zerloin couldn't get some of those extra points and those kicks down for them to win the game. But Dak Prescott came out of the gate throwing the ball. They, they really didn't run the ball at all. I remember watching last night. I think it was like maybe two run plays in the entire first or first half or first quarter or something like that. It, it was very impressive to see Dak's arm and, and him scrambling. They're running with him in the red zone. It was very impressive to see Dak really just get back out there and, and play football, in my opinion, at a better level than when he wasn't injured. I, I feel like he came out last night and played better than he did when uh prior to this injury and that's just amazing to see obviously probably going to win comeback player of the year that's just a um, early season prediction I feel like a lot of people have that prediction for him especially now but it was great to see him and him come out and just play the way he did it was huge for the game and huge for him too Lou dude Dak was nuts I mean I've never been a guy to think that Dak was an elite quarterback but what he did last night was was insane the Bucks basically dared him to throw the ball. That was their defensive strategy. The reason the Cowboys didn't use Zeke a lot was that the Cow- uh, the Bucks were making the Cowboys throw the ball. Zach threw the ball 58 times, completed the ball 42 times. So I was, I was really impressed with what Dak did. And if I'm the other teams in the NFC East, I'm looking at the Cowboys and I'm scared. Because my big takeaway from this game was that the Cowboys can play. The Bucks are a good team. We know that. They won the Super Bowl. For the Bucs to do what they did offensively isn't really surprising. We know their weapons. For the Cowboys to mash them the way that they did, basically touchdown for touchdown and hang in that game to the very end, Cowboys are a team that could be scary. Yeah, I mean, look, you guys touched on a lot of the key points that I would bring up myself. I mean, first off, you talk about the Bucs. I think they're a team that, you know, last year there were there were some moments of time where people wondered, does Brady still have it? Is this a playoff team? And look, they snuck in with the wild card. I wouldn't say snuck in. They did have a solid season, but they get in with that wild card. And, you know, they've actually been on a nine-game winning streak dating back to December of last season. So, look, they've basically been rolling ever since the playoffs, ever since the end of uh, the 2020 season. So, it's been it – basically, they picked up right where they left off. You know, Brady with those four touchdowns, almost 400 yards passing. I know he had two interceptions, but I mean, one was on that Hail Mary. The other one was a deflection off of Leonard Fournette. So can't really get him get on for those. And, you know, Mike, you mentioned Dak. And I think it was just a great thing to see, especially after the ankle injury. And of course, even after he had the, the, the impingement with the lat injury over the summer. So great to see him throwing. I think without a doubt, you know, Lou, you mentioned the NFC East. I think Dak is by far the best quarterback in this division right now. I don't think it's even close. And, uh, you know, I honestly go into the season, I was liking the Cowboys for the NFC East. I thought they were going to win the division. I think Dak, yeah, well, well, it remains to be seen what this defense can do going forward. I think they'll be improved for Dallas. Uh, but I think, look, it was a tough loss for them. They could easily win that game. Zero line hits at least one of those other field goals, one of those extra points, you know, any combination there. And, um, you know, missing two field goals, missing the extra point gets any of those that they, they win this game uh, some combination there. So it was tough to see with that. 
Hopefully they can sort out the kicking situation there going forward. But it was a great game. I mean, you love to see that drive at the end of the game. Also, Brady spraying it around the field. I mean, touchdowns for Antonio Brown, for Chris Godwin, Gronk with two touchdowns. So, look, it was a fun game. I think it was a great game for opening night. And, um, you know, another thing also to mention is, you know, Mike, you said that Dak looked just as good as he did prior to the injury. Honestly, you know, if we remember those first few games he did play last year prior to going out for the season, he was on pace to break Peyton Manning's passing record for a single season. And honestly, if he continues to play like he did last night, I think they're going to run the ball some more. But uh, it's definitely a possibility going forward. Well, I mean, it would be nice of them to be able to run the ball. Zeke last night didn't really do anything. 11 carries for 33 yards. And, and the longest run he had was 13 yards. And, and same thing for... The Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette, nine carries, 32 yards. Ronald Jones, four carries, 14 yards. None of the running games really got going last night. And, I mean, it really didn't need to. Both backs for each team play, uh, played great for that, like going, going out for screen passes, blocking for the quarterback. They were playing great. And their passing was working, so there was really not a huge reason um, for them to go to the run. But but I, I think Dallas has to be the front runners right now for the NFC East. Obviously, they played – tremendous last night it's a performance that I didn't see coming out of Dak and the Cowboys in general I mean the team has like six or seven different line great linebackers on their team so who knows what that defense is going to be able to do going forward but as long as that defense I'm not going to say plays like they did last night because they didn't play great no both defenses didn't really play well but they did what they had to and they gave the team a chance to win and if you add Zeke into that equation and Zerloin not missing extra points and 30 yard kicks. I, I mean, they can be a great team, man. And I know they're in the worst division in football by far, but they can compete. And they showed last night, they can compete at any level against any team, no matter what stars they have. Uh, obviously Tampa Bay reigning Super Bowl champs pretty much re-signed their entire team. If not did sign the re-sign the entire team. And who knows, they could have that Super Bowl lag still, you know, no, still thinking about the parade, thinking about winning last year, might not have that drive to start off this season. That, that, that they should, and they snuck away with the win last night, so that's good. It's all that matters, but they're going to have to do something with that defense going forward in order to win games. The, the conversation about the running game, I think, for both teams is really interesting because I think it's, it's super easy to see that these are two of the best passing offenses in the league. You look at the weapons both quarterbacks have, and both teams have really good quarterbacks, Dak and Brady. But they went up against, I think both teams didn't have a great secondary, at least from what I saw in that game. We know Dallas's defense isn't that good. That's going to be what's holding them back this year if they struggle. That's one of the reasons they lost this game. And even Tampa Bay, I didn't see a lot from their secondary that made them look good. And I know Tampa Bay's defense is good. The question then becomes, right, what happens when these teams play better secondaries? The Cowboys are going to have to play the Giants and the football team and both the Giants and Washington have pretty solid secondaries. Are they going to be able to turn to the run game? Zeke should be a beast, and he just kind of looked like an afterthought in this game. A lot of just like getting stuffed at the line, one yards, two yards, getting tackled in open field. Not something you see with, with, with Ezekiel Elliott. And then for the Buccaneers, they had to bench Ronald Jones after the fumble. I know that's been a problem. I still think he's the most most elusive back. I didn't see anything from Leonard Fournette that said, yeah, this guy can be a workhorse running back that can get you production week in and week out. I, they're lucky they didn't really need to run the ball and they had Brady and they could just air it out to their receivers. The running game for both teams is a big question for me moving forward. 
Yeah, I mean, just to touch on a couple of your points that you guys both made before we kind of wrap up this segment and move on to our uh, Jets and Giants talk. You know, first off, I would push back a little bit on the concern about the Bucks defense or the Bucks secondary. I mean, look, they lost two key players there to injury during the game. It's also the first game of the season. Guys are gassed. You know, Tampa Bay on paper has one of the best defenses in the league. They played like one of the best defenses last season and even dating back to 2019. So I would caution. I mean, look, it's one game. There were injuries. I, I still believe in this Bucks defense. I mean, that's tough for me to say as a Jet fan saying, give me some praise to a Todd Bowles defense right there, but I'll, I'll deal with it. But the point is I, I would push back on that in terms of the running game. Look, Zeke didn't look fantastic, but also I think it's important to know. I mean, the, the Bucks were, one of the top, you know, defenses against the rush in the NFL for the past couple of seasons. So it makes sense. You're not going to run the ball a whole lot. You trust Dak. You have some good receivers in CD lamb and Amara Cooper. So I get the game plan. Obviously it probably should have been a little bit more balanced, but I understand why you're not just going to keep running into guys like, you know, Steve McClendon there on the defensive line for the bucks. It's a tough situation. I get it. Um, so look, I think Tampa, I still think they're, I think they're going to be even better this year than last year. Mike, you mentioned, uh, all the bringing back players. I mean, they're the first team and really at the, I mean, you got to go back to the seventies really for a team that brought back all of their starters of both defense and offense. Uh, you know, they didn't necessarily improve in a lot of areas. I guess you can, I guess you can say there wasn't really reason to improve being Super Bowl champions and having a lot of great talent there. So look, I think we got two good teams here. I think it was a great opening night game. I think Tampa, honestly, is probably going to win the NFC South this year with you know, Drew Brees in New Orleans. I guess we'll see how they do with Jameis. And then we mentioned it with the Cowboys. I think right now they're the team to beat in the NFC East. It's only week one. I get it. Uh, but just some early reactions out of that game. But let's move on now. we got to obviously do some Jets and Giants talk, of course, with week one upon us. Jets, of course, going to be down in Carolina this week, taking on the Panthers at one o'clock. And that's the game I want to start off with here. You know, Jets, Panthers, obviously a game that I'm going to be highly invested in. I think a lot of people are. The debut of Zach Wilson, the regular season, the debut of Robert Sala as head coach of the Jets, the revenge game for Sam Darnold making his debut with the Carolina Panthers. Lou, we'll start off with you. What kind of stands out for you in this game right now uh, coming up this Sunday? And is there really anything that, whether it be a storyline, a player to watch, what, what's, what's something you're looking for uh, going into this game? Well, that's the thing. There are so many storylines, but I think the one I'm focusing in on is Sam. It's Sam Darnold. I, I like this Carolina offense. I like the guys he has around him. Everyone loves Christian McCaffrey. If he can stay healthy, we know he's elite. But he's got Robbie Anderson, who – you know, he had in New York as a Jet and, and DJ Moore, who I think is a very solid wideout. Going up against the Jets after leaving non the best of terms last year was just uh, abysmal and probably not entirely his fault. Had a horrible coaching staff. I'm, I'm really looking to see what he can do with a new offense. Let's assume a better coach because who isn't a better coach than Adam Gase. Uh, and I really wouldn't be surprised if he balls out. I feel like that's where this storyline's going. Yeah, I, I agree. That's who I was going to say. I'm excited for Sam Darnold and, and Robbie Anderson to see what they can get going. Obviously, new offense, new coaches, new offensive coordinator. So I'm excited to see what, what they can do together and really just how Sam can perform under competent leadership and coaching staff and all that. But I'm also excited to see um, the Jets, obviously, Zach Wilson playing his first game in the NFL. It stinks. Jamison Crowder has been ruled out for the game Sunday after testing positive for COVID. So that's unfortunate. Um, but look, there's a lot of potential there. Zach Wilson, um, Mekhi Becton ha has been a full practice. LaMichael Pirine will probably be there. Um, Elijah Moore. Yeah, you have all these guys who will be able to help out the Jets team. And I'm excited to see how Zach Wilson really performs under pressure because there's a ton of pressure on this kid, whether 
he likes it or not, there is probably the most pressure he's had on him in his in his life so far, in my opinion. And he's gonna have to he's gonna have to show New York what he can really do and how he can perform if he wants to succeed here. And we've talked about this, I, I believe, from week one on this show, Mike. It's possible there, there's a lot of potential for this kid. And as long as he has the right pieces around him, we talked about it. We think he can succeed. And I'm excited for that. And I think it should be a good storyline going forward. As long as everybody can stay healthy, I think Wilson could, could have a good season winning four or five games, but I'm not sure if one of those four or five wins are coming week one against Carolina, it's going to be a Sam Donald revenge game. I think him and Robbie Anderson are going to connect big time. Um, DJ Moore, there's going to be a lot of pieces moving and a lot for Sam Donald to show as well to not only himself, but to fans who doubted him, the Jets organization who pretty much doubted him to his entire career so far. So I think it's it's going to be a, a big game for Sam Darnold, and, and that's how it's going to go. I think I think Jets are going to perform, but I don't think they're going to be able to take down the Panthers and Sam Darnold revenge tour. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get more into the picks later. I I, I would say this about Sam. Look, a lot of people, like when Sam was here with the Jets, he, he got a lot of flack for his play on the field. A lot of people were knocking him. I mean, rightfully so. He wasn't putting a, putting a, a good product out there aside from select games. Uh, but then you look at the post-Darnold trade, and now everyone's acting as if the Jets traded away Joe Montana in his prime. So I think we need to, you know, relax a little bit about the fact that Sam Darnold's going to go off on, on the uh, on the Jets here. Look, I get that he's got some weapons, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, who look, I mean, I love Robbie, but – He's not exactly the best route runner. He can run straight and he's fast. That's nice. He's a good receiver. I wish the Jets would have kept him. But the bottom line is, you know, the, the, the Panthers still have a weak offensive line. You know, I don't really trust them going forward, especially they got some COVID concerns. A player is going to be out on the COVID IL this week. So, look, you know, I, 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 I would temper this idea that it's going to be a Darnold revenge game, especially also with the fact that, you know, all of last season, Darnold didn't even throw for over 300 yards in a single game. Uh, you know, he's not a guy – I mean, last year the Jets went up against the Raiders, and I look, I get it's a different offense. He had different weapons, etc. The Jets went up against one of the worst, the worst secondary in the league in the Oakland Raiders. Oh, Oakland, I still want to call them Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. And Sam didn't throw. He didn't. He threw a little over 200 yards in that game. He didn't capitalize. The Jets ended up losing. You know, it, we'll we'll see how Sam does in this new environment with this new offense, these these new pieces around him. But that being said, especially if we look at his most recent season. Sam has not shown you an ability to capitalize on weak secondaries, which is what the Jets have. Let's be honest. They're going to be playing a lot of rookies at corner. Obviously they have LaMarcus Joyner and Marcus May at the safety position, but you're looking at a second year guy in Bryce Hall corner starting and then rookies and, you know, uh, I, um, Brandon Eccles, maybe Michael Carter, the second, you know, we don't really know who's going to start that cornerback two position yet, but the bottom line is, I, I just don't see – I look, I know it's possible, but I just don't personally see Sam going off in this game. That being said, I mean, Carolina is still the better team. Um, so I'll be interested to see how Sam does, like you say, Mike, but I, I don't see him lighting it up and going insane. I, I will be interested to see also how the rest of the season goes for Sam down there in Carolina. And then also, you know, you guys mentioned Zach Wilson. That's that's what, you know, people want to say a revenge game for Sam. But for me, uh, it's really about Zach Wilson's performance. Look, he had an amazing preseason, highest passer rating in, in the preseason for any quarterback. So, you know, can he carry that over to the regular season? We'll see how he does. You mentioned no Jameson Crowder. I think they'll be able to compensate. Uh, you know, they have Corey Davis. They have Elijah Moore. Keelan Cole should be able to go. I know he's on the injury list right now. Denzel Mims also there as well. So look, a lot to get into here. And, you know, another question I would ask is we, we we're talking about how is Sam going to do against the, the, the Jets, def, um, Jets defense? How is Zach going to do against that Carolina defense? 
See, I think that's a little more, it's a little more difficult to judge because we've seen Sam and Harry can perform on field, but if Zach Wilson can play like he did in preseason, it's a very short sample. And I hate, I hate judging a, a quarterback or really any player off their performance in the preseason, but if he can make these, these quick passes and, and stay in the pocket and be able to get out of the pocket and run for a first down and, and sneak the ball in, in, into the goal line, he's going to be able to get balls past the second, the, the Carolina secondary and, and potentially win this game. I, I mean, I'm not sure if he's going to be throwing for 250, 300 yards game, especially against Carolina. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think he's going to be able to at least get the ball downfield and into his receiver's hands. And, and that's pretty much all I can do. And, and then the rest is up to the receivers to, to catch the ball and make the next move. But I think Sam has the, the knowledge and the IQ really to, to be better than that defense with Salah right there, obviously a defensive coordinator. And I think they're going to be the perfect connection for this game as well, because he's going to bring his defensive knowledge into Sam and, and, and to Sam. Keep thinking about that into Zach Wilson. And I think they're going to be able to play well against that defense. I think this is a great first game to see Zach Wilson, because I think we're looking at two really balanced teams. And since I think they're really very similar, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a close game, one that comes down to like a final drive. So we might get to see Zach Wilson get some high leverage situations and really see like, how does he play in a close game? What does he do if he has the ball three minutes to go? You need to get into field goal range to win the game. I don't expect this to be a blow on either side. So I think we'll really see a lot of Zach Wilson and, and see what he's made of. I actually think it, it, it's going to be maybe the lowest scoring game of the week other than the Lions game, in my opinion. But I, it, we'll have to see. But I, I don't think there's going to be many points scored in this one from either side. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think this game could go either way. I think like you guys said it could be incredibly low scoring. I think it could be also, I mean, you know, people talk about Zach's – I mean, there's been a lot of predictions about it. can Zach be Offensive Rookie of the Year. Maybe he balls out. I know I'm not – I said I don't really trust Sam, but maybe with these new weapons he shows us he can be a better quarterback. So maybe this can be a higher-scoring game. I don't know. I, I think, you know, one last matchup that I want to highlight, uh, you know, before we get into this um, – before we move on to the Giants, I should say, and kind of preview their Week 1 game is, you know, we mentioned a lot with the, with the Jets being weak at the corner position. They're going up against Sam and all that stuff. But, you know, also I think the Jets, their strength, at least defensively, is that defensive line. Look, they lost Carl Lawson for the year with that ruptured Achilles. Vinny Curry is out with the blood disorder, and obviously we're hoping he can recover and just, you know, for quality of life, uh, you know, overcome that. But then when you look at the rest of the Jets' defensive line, I mean, Quinn Williams really had a great sophomore season last year. And then you look at guys like Jonathan Franklin Myers, who's, I think, a slept-on defensive end. A guy like Brian Baldinger, who I think a lot of us see on Twitter, a good NFL expert, is someone he, you know, he's he's someone who's pointed out Jonathan Franklin Myers is a quality defensive end. I mean, Bryce Huff, second-year man out of uh, Memphis, you know, he's a guy that we can look at as well. So look, there are players here on the defensive line, even Shaq Lawson, who of course they traded for from the Texans. There are players here that they can look at. And, you know, like I said, the, the Panthers uh, offensive line, even before this COVID thing now with right guard, John Miller being out on the reserve COVID list, they were having a weak offensive line already. It didn't really look that great in the preseason. So look, I know the Jets, the, the big names of Carl Lawson, Vinnie Curry are not going to be there to help. But I'm also I'll be interested to see how this defensive line, which still has some quality pieces, even without those two guys, if they can take advantage of that Panthers offensive line. And also, you know, of course, Robert Sala is known for that defensive pressure up front. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how that goes. So obviously a lot to look forward to in that Jets uh, Panthers game. We to see what happens. But let, of course, let's move on now, of course, to the team across or the team that shares uh, MetLife Stadium with the Jets. And that's the Giants 
who will, of course, be taking on the Denver Broncos at home. A lot of storylines going into this game. Of course, Daniel Jones kind of on the hot seat. We've mentioned it previous weeks at NFL Friday. What can he do in his regular season uh, debut for year three for Daniel Jones? Of course, also uh, the Giants secondary, Dory Jackson. His status is up in air for this game. Uh, well, how are they going to compensate for that if he can't go? Evan Ingram has, an, has suffered a calf injury. doesn't look like he'll be able to play. And, of course, with the Broncos, Von Miller's back. Bradley Chubb, a great, a great other pass rusher there for them. They revamped their secondary. I think it's a lot of strength for the Giants going up against strength for the Broncos. I'll be interested to see what happens in this game. But, Mike, uh, what kind of stands out for you as you approach the Giants-Broncos here in week one? To me, it really comes all down – it all comes down to if Saquon's going to be healthy enough to play. Um I believe it was last episode we, we filmed. I said that he just started practicing fully and not taking any hits. And there was no way he was going to be able to able to play week one. And it looks like I was just completely wrong and don't know where I got that information from. Cause it looks like he's playing. It, it, yeah. it looks like he's going to play. And if he's healthy, he's going to be a menace out on the field. Like, like, like he usually is. I mean, he ACL injury played two games last season. If he can come back out and be that Saquon that everyone knows, he can be, and everyone watched him at Penn State in his first year as a Giant. I think the Giants are going to be set up okay to win this game as long as their other pieces stay healthy as well. Um, you know, if Daniel Jones and Saquon can have that connection that that they had in his rookie season, I think Saquon's going to have a huge game, a huge comeback game, and it's going to be huge for the Giants. You mentioned Evan Ingram. He's He didn't practice yesterday, so I don't think he's eligible to play. Kenny Galladay, they have a lot of guys on this injury roster right now that are all limited practice and everything. Dory Jackson, Kyle Rudolph, Andrew Thomas, Kadarius Tony. So, I mean, if these guys can stay healthy and play the game, play the entire game to the full potential, I think this is going to be another low-scoring game, but a very good game. This game has a lot of potential for me. I, I think it can go either way. Um, but who knows? You don't know how Teddy Bridgewater is, Teddy Bridgewater is going to – run that Broncos offense against this Giants defense. And we obviously know they have offensive line struggles. So we'll have to see how, how Daniel Jones can kind of scramble in out of the pocket, stay in the pocket as long as he needs. It, it'll be interesting to watch how, how they perform if they're not at full strength. This is a game that I think is going to have to be won defensively. Cause I just, I look at the offense week one and there's just no way I can say with certainty that it's going to show up. We'll talk about Saquon. If he is healthy, if he is ready to play week one, I think he will be. What were the odds he gets a full workload? I don't think they'll just be like, hey, you know, here's the ball every time, go nuts. I mean, look, he'll get looks, he'll get touches, but, you know, they might limit him. This is something that this is their star running back. They might want to ease him in. And then everywhere else, there's questions. The O-line looked terrible in the preseason. They keep picking up guys. It's a huge question mark. I don't expect it to be good. Even Daniel Jones, I didn't see that much of him in preseason, right? He only played that last game. He was okay. And this is, I'm wearing a shirt that says Daniel Dimes. I really want to believe in this guy. Giants offense is going up against a really good defense, in my opinion. Denver's got a lot of talent. And this, you know, the Giants aren't a world breaker offense. They were one of the worst last year. They should be better this year. But, you know, this game's going to have to be won defensively. That's something I think we're going to say about the Giants all year. I'm looking at their secondary going, this is a good test because I think the Broncos have an underrated receiving core. Jerry Judy, I really like. This is going to be his second year. I thought he had a good first year. I think he'll step up big this year. Cortland Sutton's back. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I like that they named him the starter. His, his athletic 
athleticism makes him makes him dangerous, especially for a Giants team that doesn't have the best pass rush. So I, I agree. I think this game is to be close and the defense really gonna, is going to have to lock down if they have a chance, if they want to have a chance to win this game, because I'm not too confident in the offense. I just want to make it a point real quick, Mike, before you go. Giants practice today, Saquon after the game said he had, he had no setbacks at all and he's ready for whatever assignment the Giants needs him in and he's willing to do whatever on Sunday. So that's a great sign. Love that. I hope, I hope, I hope they give him the rock. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, I think Jason Garrett, even Mike, thanks for that update. I think that's great. I think Jason Garrett even said in a press conference yesterday, um, you know, that they thought Saquon was, you know, hundred percent, he's ready to go. I think he's going to be on that pitch count. Uh, to, uh, to quote unquote pitch count, like uh, Lou kind of mentioned here, they're not going to give him the ball every, every time. I think they're definitely going to, you know, limit his touches. We'll see how that goes. To me, the two biggest matchups here are Lou, you mentioned it already a little bit with the Giants secondary versus those Broncos receivers. And then the other thing to the other matchup to watch, of course, is this Giants offensive line uh, versus that Denver pass rush, starting with the secondary and, and uh, the Giants secondary. That is my biggest concern, of course, is Adore Jackson, because, look, if he can't play in this game, his status is up in the air for week one. That means the Giants are going to have to go with Rodarius Williams, six round pick at Oklahoma State. He's a rookie. Um, you know, and then you're relying on him to cover either Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy and also a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater that doesn't turn over the ball much and makes smart decisions. So that that would worry me a little bit from a Giants perspective and also they're going to probably throw the ball more often than not just because the Giants uh you know rushing defense is one of their strengths with of course Leonard Williams right there up the middle so you know I I find it hard to believe they're going to run the ball a lot so it's going to be a good test there I think for the Giants assuming Adore Jackson can't go if Adore Jackson does go for the Giants then I think it'll be a, a little bit easier for them but you know, we'll see what happens there for the Giants defense going up against that Denver passing attack and then you know on the flip side of the coin you know I would be very concerned uh, as a Giants fan with this with this Denver pass rush. I mean, look, Von Miller missed all of last season due to injury. He's back this year. Bradley Chubb, who had a somewhat disappointing rookie season, I think kind of had a, a very solid sophomore year last year. So you look at the two of them on the edge, and, you know, another key to the pass rush is having guys that you can trust in the secondary cover downfield. The Broncos brought in Ronald Darby. They brought in Kyle Fuller in the offseason to bolster their corner situation. So that's going to give the pass rush more time to get home. And with this Giants offensive line being as porous as it is, Andrew Thomas looking lost at times. And then, of course, Daniel Jones, just 29 fumbles in his career. I mean, some of those were recovered, some of those weren't, but the guy fumbles a lot. I would be very, very concerned as a giant fan, as a giant player, as a giant coach going to this game, this mismatch at the Giants offensive line versus Denver pass rush is really going to scare me. But I think another question to ask about this game is on the, the offensive side of the ball for the Giants, there were so many injuries in the preseason. We mentioned Saquon, but also Kadarius Tony did not see the field in the preseason. Kenny Galladay did not see the field in the preseason. These guys are hurt. They're going to play week one, it seems. But is that lack of preseason play, that lack of building chemistry with Daniel Jones, is that going to hurt them in week one? Yeah, it, it could. It, it could definitely hurt them. But I look at this from a, a Titans perspective. Look at all the injuries that – I'm sorry, the, the, the Ravens. Look at all the injuries that the Ravens had before any of before, – before the week one, day one of the NFL season even started. They have to bring in all these veterans now in order to, to pretty much control the team after – J.K. Dobbins is her pretty much every young, good player on, on their team had an injury in, in during the preseason. So I do not hate the fact that these guys did not play during the preseason. I would have liked for them to get some time with Daniel Jones in order to build that chemistry, because obviously you can't win a football game if you don't have chemistry with the most important 
man on the field, your quarterback. So it's going to be a little tough, I think. They're, they're, they're going to have to face adversity that they might not they might have not faced in, in college before, but it's going to be a real test, man. It's really going to be a test to see how they can kind of work with Daniel Jones and even work with Saquon in the backfield and how they have chemistry together. Cause all in all, it, everyone on the team needs to be on the right page in order to succeed. And with a quarterback like Daniel Jones, who isn't spectacular by any means, wouldn't even put him in the great category. He needs as much help as he can get. And if his receivers and him are on the same page, it's going to make his life just that much easier. And help him out making passes and scoring touchdowns. I think these first four to five weeks, it's going to be sloppy for the Giants offense. I really was surprised that they they didn't play Daniel Jones as much uh, in the preseason. I think he maybe got like a half in the last game. I don't know why we got to see two full games of Mike Lennon and stuff like that. Like if Daniel Jones goes down, it doesn't matter who your backup quarterback is. Your season's probably over. And this is a huge year for Daniel Jones. He has to ball out. He has to, he has talent now. And one of the big things is besides Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, when he catches the ball, he's got all these new targets. And I know Tony had, you know, was hurt, was dealing with COVID stuff. He was out for a little bit and Galladay has had some muscle stuff he has all these new weapons that I'm not sure he's built up chemistry with. And the Giants offense these past few years has been a notoriously slow starter, even if they had developed chemistry during preseason. So I, I think it's going to be sloppy. I, I think you can tell by, by my voice, by the way I'm speaking, I'm not that confident. I want to be optimistic. I would love to, to just watch Daniel Jones go off. And, and it's like the Cowboys game. Every receiver has like nine receptions, 100 yards. That would be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen. So, I mean, we'll see, but like we said, the, the focus is going to be, it's going to be on the defense because this offense is a tough task. Yeah. I, I think you got, look, I think you guys have both brought up great points. I think, you know, if we're going to look at Jets, Panthers, Giants, Broncos, look, as a Jet fan, the, I, I, the, that's the game I'm more interested in, more committed to it. But I think this, this Broncos giant game has more intrigue because I think it just two stronger teams overall. I mean, I know the Broncos quarterback situation isn't the best, but, and neither is the Giants, I guess I should say. Um, but this Giants-Broncos, you know, matchup, the more we talk about it and the more we kind of highlight these these defensive and offensive battles that are going to happen, I, I'm intrigued. And I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's going to be one of the better games, honestly. I know we maybe not the most high scoring, but I think it could be a very good, exciting game. You know, we'll get into our picks in terms of who we think is going to win a little bit later on. But right now, you know, we've talked the opener. We've talked Jets Giants. So I think now is a great time for us is before we move into our picks for the week's slate of games for Lou, who was our fantasy expert this week, as we mentioned, to give us some fantasy advice for those out there who are struggling, you know, like me, who always struggle in fantasy. Uh, and Lou, let's start off with some uh, start. You know, let's start off with the starters this week. Some guys you think are going to break out. Some guys you got to make sure you're playing this week. Who are two guys who are your kind of breakout uh, stardom candidates for the week? The first guy I'm going to highlight is Marvin Jones. This is a guy that I tried to target a lot in my drafts, late round wide receiver. He's going to be the number one, I think, in this Jacksonville offense. Uh, DJ Chark, it's not looking good. Stock on him has dropped big time. The coach really doesn't like him. I know LaVisca Chenault is there and he will do well, but Marvin Jones, the veteran, has built up a good rapport with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be the number one, and they're going up against Houston. Houston's probably going to be the worst team in the league this year, but Jacksonville isn't a world beater, so I could see this being a game that 
doesn't get crazy, crazy out of hand where they would just chew the clock. And also, you know, Trevor Lawrence, are they just going to, let's say they go up 30 to nothing against Houston. Are they just going to force Trevor Lawrence to hand the ball off? I think they're going to want Trevor Lawrence to get a lot of looks, a lot of passes, see what he can do. And I wouldn't be surprised if Marvin Jones is his go-to target, especially in week one against a bad Houston secondary. I'll move on to my second start. I actually have two guys. If you have either of these, I think you should start them. Raheem Mostert or Trey Sermon. These are the two San Fran 49er running backs going up against a bad Detroit Lions defense. San Fran's offense, I, I believe, I think that I think that Shanahan, he knows how to use the running backs. I know he just mix and match that makes it tough to to pick one, but I think they're gonna go out, they're gonna grab a lead here. And I think they can just run the ball down Detroit's throat. So if you got most or if you got Sermon, throw them in a flex. They should get you some points. Yeah, I mean, go ahead, Mike. I like the Marvin Jones uh, um, suggestion. However, I hope he doesn't have as good as a game as James Robinson because I got him as my RB too. So I'm hoping he has another big year, but we'll see how it goes with, with Trevor Lawrence and, and him together. But I, I do like that pick. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned Marvin Jones. He's actually, I'm in a smaller league. We're only eight people league. I mean, it actually kind of makes it more fun at times, but um, – we're more, a little more competitive that way, but actually Marvin Jones is available in our league right now. He's on the wire. But that being said, I have Leveshka Chenault. I never know how to pronounce his first name. Uh, the Jaguars receiver who I think might be Jacksonville's number one receiver this year, but I think Marvin Jones is a great pick Lou. And then you mentioned the two running backs for San Francisco. I mean, I think that's great as well. Um, so let's move on now to our sit I'm sure you got some people that we should maybe not be playing this week. Who are your two guys you got over there? The first one I'm going to start with, it's, uh, it's Josh Jacobs. Listen, uh, I don't really believe in Josh Jacobs at all this year. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm leading off with him. And he's had to go up against a tough, tough Ravens defense. The kind of the staple of Baltimore's defense has been that they can stop the run. And the thing about Josh Jacobs is, look, he gets a lot of touches sometimes, but he's, he's strictly a running back. He has little passing upside, which really hurts him in PPR leagues. And now that they have Kenyon Drake, who they gave him a pretty hefty contract too, like he's going to be a part of this offense. Kenyon Drake's going to be their third down back, their their receiving back, the guy that they're going to use. So I just don't see Josh Jacobs getting anything going against this Baltimore defense. So I, I know you know there might be guys that you're you have on your fantasy team. He might be your RB two. I, I think this is you have guys on the bench. This might be a week where you just sit him and you wait for a softer defense. And then the second guy. This is DeAndre Swift, 49ers defense, fully healthy. You got guys like Nick Bosa, linebacker, like Fred Wagner. I just, I don't see DeAndre Swift having a huge game. This is a game the Lions could easily get blown out in. And, you know, if they're down 30 to nothing, are they going to be running the ball? Probably not. And, you know, DeAndre Swift, he can be a receiving back, but Detroit went out and they got Jamal Williams, who had a lot of receptions with Green Bay. I expect him to be using that in a similar role. So DeAndre Swift's a guy I might stay away from this week. Solid picks. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I'm not really that high on, on Josh Jacobs as a running back in, the, in this league, so I, I agree with you. But I actually think DeAndre Swift is going to have a great game. I, I mean, they don't really have, have many other people to have a great game on the line. So if someone's got to do it, it's got to be DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, excuse me. I wish we could see – what Jared Goff can do, but he doesn't really have many pieces around him to help, to help himself and help his team out. So if I had Swift, I'd be playing him. I understand where you're coming from because the team's not good. Um, 
So yeah, it's very possible this great 49ers defense with Nick Boza can just shut that shut him down and shut the entire team down and maybe not even score two touchdowns with, with how that offense can go. So who knows? Yeah, I would say for the Josh Jacob picks, def- I mean, look, Baltimore has a great defense. We know that. Um, you know, I, I would just say he's he's you know, Las Vegas's true running, you know, RB1. He's gonna get the volume touches. So I maybe would still leave him in, but I think it's a good sit and pick. And then as far as um Swift, I think that's a I think it's an excellent pick just because I don't trust anyone on the Lions as, from their head coach all the way down, um, especially against that that 49ers defense. So look, I, I know San Francisco wasn't as great last year, but this is a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago, and they had a lot of injuries last year, and that defensive front is stacked. Um, so, you know, DeAndre Swift, uh, enjoy enjoy riding the pine, uh, and, and most people's fantasy teams uh, this week, I would say. But, you know, I, I think for our last part of the fantasy segment, Lou, is – you know, what makes or breaks a fantasy team week by week or even for the season is when you can hit on those sleepers. So who's a guy, maybe it's one name or two, up to you, who's a sleeper pick uh, this week for a fantasy team? Uh, this is a name I haven't seen too many people go nuts over him, but I think he's got a lot of potential. Tyson Williams, he's the running back for Baltimore right now. If you don't know, J.K. Dobbins out with a torn ACL looks like Gus Edwards, same thing. A lot of people were high on Gus Edwards. He was going to be the guy that took over for Dobbins with him out too. Baltimore made a lot of noise by signing Le'Veon Bell and Latavius Murray. But right now, the guy that's the RB1 in their depth chart is Tyson Williams. And I just, I, we're so close to Monday night. I don't see Bell's not even on the active roster right now. I think Latavius Murray is, but even if they sign Bell off the practice squad, like how, how familiar is he with the playbook? How much are they going to use him? They're probably going to use the system guy, the guy that's been here the whole preseason. That's Tyson Williams. Uh, Again, going up against Las Vegas, he could get some touches. I'm not huge on Baltimore's running backs in general, just because Lamar Jackson runs the ball so much, but I mean, this is the guy that's basically going to be available in every single league and will probably be the starting running back for Monday night. Yeah, look, they're in a very, very tough team situation and running back situation right now. Obviously, obviously their players are getting injured. They lose Marcus Peters, Gus Edwards, um, J.K. Dobbins. Everyone's going down, and someone on this team is going to have to step up, whether it's Tyson Williams or I think Latavius Murray can even be that guy, come out and have a great game that, that, that we used to see him have. So I'm excited for that. I still think the Ravens are going to be a great team, whether it's with J.K. Dobbins or or Tyson Williams. And I think he can perform to to more than his usual ability and can surprise a lot of people in fantasy, like you said. One thing I'll say about Tyson Williams, I'm I'm with Lou on this. I mean, look, I think down the stretch, Latavius Murray is probably going to get most of the carries. He's the experienced guy. He's shown he can run the ball. I think Le'Veon Bell will obviously probably be signed off by the practice squad, and he's going to run the ball as well. I mean, even Devontae Freeman, and we'll see what happens there. I don't think any. I don't think Love Bell has anything left in the tank, so I wouldn't really worry about him. Not at all. Look, he he looked he looked awful the past years with the Jets. A lot of people said that was offensive line. I think that was just him because when he went to Kansas City, he honestly looked even worse. So I, I wouldn't expect anything out of him. He hated playing with ahead, hated playing with Andy Reid in Kansas City too. So it, it can't be every team's the issue. It's got to just be he's probably the yeah. issue. Yeah, there's look, there's a reason he wasn't signed up until this point. And also, I mean, look, Andy Reid is one of the best offensive coaches in the history of football. He knows how to get the most out of a guy. If he can't get anything out of you, I don't think anyone can. But that being said, because I think down the stretch, like I said, Latavius Murray, these other veterans, they'll get the carries. But for week one, having just been signed the playbook, all of that, I think Tyson Williams, just because he's the guy that knows the playbook, he's been here for the longest period of time, he's going to get a lot of touches. 
is that going to translate into a lot of points? Is he going to be able to do a lot with those touches? Who knows? I think, honestly, the guy is going to benefit the most in terms of fantasy value is probably Lamar Jackson and watch a lot of uh, quarterback runs. But, Lou, uh, what's your what's your last kind of thought here for the, for the fantasy segment? I'm just going to throw out one one last thing for week one. It's kind of a sleeper. It kind of isn't. Just just keep your eye on Sammy Watkins because for some inexplicable reason, the guy just goes off on week one. I remember 2019. I have the stats right now. Nine receptions, 198 yards, three touchdowns, basically 48 points. Last year, he had like 21 points. He's off of Kansas City now. And I think the tough thing about Kansas City, right, is that they really don't utilize their wide receiver too that much because you have Hill, you have Kelsey. Those are the guys that get all the looks from Mahomes. Wide receiver twos on KC are kind of hit and miss. Watkins is going to be the second wide receiver on Baltimore right now. And people aren't that high on Marquise Hollywood Brown, right? So Sammy Watkins, a guy that's been around a little bit longer, kind of knows the deal, could get some targets from, from Lamar Jackson, but you know, for nothing else, just maybe keep an eye on the guy that always balls out week one. That would be my last bit of advice. You know what? I kind of like that because I've had him the last two years, have him sat, have him sit for week one. He goes off. I put him in for week two, three, and four. Three points, four points, negative 10 points. I'm like, okay, well, this sucks, oh, man. I'm absolutely. Like, you uh, Listen, you cut him after week one. That's it. That's all I, I, I give I, you. But week I, one, you go. put him in the lineup. Yeah, Mike, I was literally about to say that myself. He's a guy who's your classic. He'll, he'll be on the waiver wire. You're going to be like, oh, my gosh, look at, look at how he performed this week. Go pick him up. That was it for the season. Nothing else. Okay. But, Lou, thanks for the fantasy advice. Really appreciate it. Definitely stuff I think that our listeners are going to benefit from. But now – my favorite part of the show. Hopefully it's your favorite part of the show. We are going to run through and every NFL matchup this week and give our picks who we think is going to win. We'll go down the list of games. Uh, let's get started right now with our pickums segment to wrap up this week's edition of NFL Friday. So the first week one matchup we're going to talk about here is Jacksonville going down to Houston, or I should say going over to Houston, uh, going west of Houston, uh, taking on the Texans. Now look, the Texans, I think, probably going to be a dumpster fire this season i can't really you shouldn't really expect a lot of them especially with the whole deshaun watson mess so mike we'll start with you who do you like in this game yeah i'm going jacksonville to win this game i love trevor lawrence he, he hasn't really faced that that much adversity coming out of college and he's going up against week one with a team who most people don't even know three players on the team aside from the quarterbacks and the running back so i'm going with jacksonville it's going to be a pretty boring game it's it's jacksonville jacksonville has the better offense even if you have any questions about trevor lawrence He's going to play better than whatever Houston's throwing out there. Houston's lifeless, I think, just this it, it's Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm someone who likes to be a contrarian to kind of go against the grain. But that being said, look, I'm not a moron. It's going to be Jacksonville. I mean, look, I don't think Jacksonville's going to have a great year. I, I don't really think this is a great team. There are question marks on defense. It remains to be seen that Trevor Lawrence can perform behind this offensive line. And look, I know they have Marvin Jones. Uh, there's their wide receiver one and they have Chenault as I mentioned before but I I don't know I think this Urban Meyer thing it's not going to work out but for week one the question is who's less of a dumpster fire right now I mean the Texans they have pretty much descended into one of the worst teams I can remember in the past you know decade or so so I mean they haven't even played a game yet I'm saying that so we'll see how the season goes but right now I'm going to say Jacksonville for that uh, that matchup Jacksonville Houston so let's move on to our next game now with the Los Angeles Chargers visiting the Washington football team now LA of course Justin Herbert sophomore season can he replicate the success and then Fitzmagic now 
in Washington, a team that, of course, you know, they won the division last year, obviously with a 7-9 record, but they gave Tampa Bay a bit of a run for their money in that playoff game there with Taylor Haneke as the quarterback. So a little, a few things to consider here. Obviously, Taylor isn't the quarterback anymore, but point being, Washington can play. Lou, uh, who do you like in this game? I, I love LA. Listen, I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. I love what he did last year. I think he's going to be even better this year. I love all the weapons he has around him. Keenan Allen is amazing. Austin Eckler. I firmly believe in Mike Williams as a great deep threat wide receiver number two. And I, I think LA's defense is strong enough to give Washington fits. So I really, I think LA t- takes this one easily. Yeah, I'm with Lou on this one. My, I, I just think the Chargers are a more talented team than them. I, I love Fitzmagic. I think he's a great player. Love his energy. But I think Justin Herbert's going to have another great year, like his first season. He's also my QB one on my fantasy team, so I'm hoping he has a great. I'm hoping he plays as well as he did his first year. But I just think they're a more talented team than the than the football team, and I'm going with them. Yeah, I'm going to go with the football team here. I, I I'm going to have to do it now. Here's why: number one, the defense of Washington. I mean, look, you talk about a guy like Chase Young coming off the edge. This is a team that's a pretty talented defense, probably the best defense in the NFC East when we look at it. I mean, obviously you can say the Giants maybe, but look, defense, as the old saying goes, defense wins championships. Now the Washington football team is not winning any championship this year, but maybe they can win a game. And look, Fitz Magic, you can never count him out. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Washington here and usually a, a, a surprise performance from Fitz. But let's move on to our next game now as we kind of quickly go through this here. Seattle at Indianapolis. Uh, Lou, what do you think? I'll take Seattle. Don't believe in Carson Wentz. Don't care if he's starting. Seattle's the better team. Mike? Yeah, uh, Lou's just going first every time. Come to me first one time so I can get my buck. I don't like Carson Wentz. I don't think he's a good quarterback. Um, I love Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I'm going Seattle all the way. Yeah, uh, well, Mike, we'll, we'll go. We'll go to you first for the next two two segments, buddy. Don't don't worry. It's it's all right. Everyone hears you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Seattle as well. I mean, look, it just comes down to the quarterbacks here. Uh, you know, Russ is just a better quarterback, and I don't know Indianapolis. Look, Frank Reich is a great coach. You know, I, I, they're they're always a well coached team under him. But I, I have to go with Seattle in this game. So, Mike, let's go to you next as we talk about my most anticipated matchup of Week One: Jets going down to Carolina, one o'clock. Uh, what do you think there? Yeah, I kind of said it already in the beginning of the show. I, I think Carolina is going to take this one. I just think Sam Darnold, like just typical New York sports, someone who leaves a New York team, goes somewhere else, and then comes back to New York and, or just comes back and plays New York the next season. They always have a great game, in my opinion. So I just think Sam Darnold is going to maybe not go off. He's going to edge the Jets off enough to to win this game. But I do think Zach Wilson's going to have a great game. And I think this is going to be a very low scoring game, but a very close game, maybe three to seven point game or something like that. But I think Carolina's taking this. I'm a firm believer in revenge and awesome storylines. And for that reason, I'm taking Carolina, believe in their offense. The Jets will make it close, but I think Carolina edges it out, probably wins by like a field goal. Say it with me, everyone. J-E-T-S, <laughs> Jets, Jets, Jets. That was that team environment, Ed. Week one, we're going down to Carolina and we're winning this football game. This is a new era of Jets football with Zach Wilson and Robert Sala. Week one is the only time I can ever be hopeful with the Jets team because you never know what's going to happen. There's a different feel with this team. I like the pass rush. I like the weapons even without Jamison Crowder. I have the running back rooms underrated. And Zach Wilson is our man with that headband. He's going to win this game. Give me the Jets in Carolina. And then they'll lose 15 games to go 1-15. That's (laughs) not the point. As long as you get your one, you're good. Yeah. All right. So, no, I'm – 
I got to be hopeful. I got to pick with my team. I got to go with that. All right, next matchup here, Mike, we'll go to you. Minnesota at Cincinnati. Your thoughts? I'm going to go with, with Cincinnati in this one. I love Joe Burrow, love what he did in LCU, loved what he was doing with the Bengals before that injury, and I think he's going to come back, have a great season. He has a lot of good weapons around him, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, even though he says he can't see the ball because there's no white stripe on it anymore like college. But that's another story. I, I, I think Cincinnati is going to come in and be able to beat the Vikings. Obviously, they're a great team. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback but I don't think he's going to have enough to, to beat the Bengals this week, which is weird. I, I know most people are going towards the Vikings, but I'll be the guy I'm picking the Bengals in, in a Joe Burrow, in, in a Joe Burrow 300 yard passing game. Uh, I think Joe Burrow will do well, but I just see Davin cook tearing it up in week one. Uh, listen, he's, he's, I think he's gonna have a great game. I don't think Cincinnati really can do a lot to stop him. Uh, you're, I don't believe that much in Kirk cousins, but I just think Davin cook can power the Vikings to a win here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. I just think since he's not a great team, I'm not a huge fan of Zach Taylor. So, I mean, look, I don't really, I think Joe Burrow is going to be a good quarterback. I'll be interested to see how him and Jamar Chase can do together, but I'm going to go with a Minnesota in this one. All right. Uh, Lou, Arizona at Tennessee, your thoughts. Oh, so I mean, I love Kyler Murray. This might be an unpopular pick. I've been looking online. I know a lot of people are going Titans. Uh, Arizona is going to have a tough time stopping Derrick Henry, but I think Kyler Murray is really going to have a good game here in week one and just stay hot building off of a great season last year. Yeah, I'm going opposite. I, I think the Titans are going to win this game. This is honestly, if not the best, if not one of the best, the best game on Sunday for me. I, I, I'm definitely going to be tuned into this one alongside all the other ones, but I, I think Tannehill's going to have a good year. Obviously, we know what Derrick Henry can do with the acquisition of Julio Jones now. Him and A.J. Brown can kind of work off of each other. I just think they have so much going for them right now, and I don't think a Cliff Kingsbury team is going to be able to, to get enough done and stop this Titans offense. Uh, I'm also going with the Titans as well. Look, I know Tennessee's had their COVID issues, so we'll see what happens there. Oftentimes, it comes down to a matter of coaches. I think Mike Vrabel is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. Cliff is fine. Uh, but look, I think Tennessee, they have the playoff experience. Derrick Henry is a beast. Ryan Tannehill can manage this game. We'll be interested to see how Julio does in Tennessee, but I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. All right. Be on the hot seat after this season too. I just want to put that out there. I mean, can't, can't do it. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think Arizona is kind of a poor little franchise, so I don't know if I would, we'll see what happens. Good point, Mike. All right. San Francisco at Detroit. Uh, Mike, your thoughts. Um, going San Francisco. This is going to be a pretty boring game, in my opinion. Detroit stinks. They have nobody. Um, hopefully, DeAndre Swift has a good game. Hopefully, um, Jared Goff can show what he's made of outside of the Sean McVay offense. But I, I, it's, it's going to be a San Francisco win, and they're just a much better team. Yeah, it, Detroit's just not in the same league as San Francisco right now, and San Francisco's not even one of the best teams in the league. But Kyle Shanahan will have a great day, uh, you know, coaching this 49ers team. They're going to win. Uh, yeah, San Francisco, you guys said it. Better team, much better team. They're going to win. All right, Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Lou. I am a big believer in Buffalo. Josh Allen, for me, I think could be the MVP this year. I know the Steelers have a good defense. I think this is one of the best games on the slate, but I am going Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going Buffalo as well. I love that, that this, what the Steelers are doing. Big Ben is getting his arm better. He, he's losing some weight, getting more versatile. They just re-signed TJ Watt to a big contract, but... The Bills are just overmatched. Josh Allen is a great quarterback. And hopefully, again, I have Stefan Diggs on my team. So hopefully he plays and has a good game. But I'm going Bills, and I don't think it's going to be that close, honestly. I think Bills are going to be able to run, run away with this game pretty easily. 
Yeah, I'm on with Buffalo as well. They were they're my pick to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. Just Josh Allen MVP, great offense, great defense, big band of things over the hill. And frankly, there's no one on that offense for Pittsburgh that really scares me anymore, running back or receivers wise. So I'm gonna go with Buffalo. All right. Uh Mike, Philly at Atlanta. Another boring game in my opinion. Um I, I don't want to pick another NFC East team, but I'm going with the with, with the Eagles to win this game. Atlanta is just a dumpster fire right now. Um yeah, they they got Kyle Pitts to see what he can do. But is Matt Ryan that good of a quarterback to get in the ball whenever he wants? We're not sure. But I, I this is gonna be one of the least eventful games in my opinion. I think the Eagles are gonna win this game. Not much to say about Atlanta right now. I'm not a big believer in Atlanta's defense, but I, I just look at Philly and I don't see much in the way of talent beyond Jalen Hurts and maybe Devonta Smith. I, I just I don't believe in Philly this season. I do think that Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley will have good games. I think Atlanta wins this one, but it will be a boring game. Uh, I'm going with Philly too. I think both teams aren't very good. That being said, I'm more of a believer in Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's going to be as bad as some people say. And look, Philly, I, I, I just think they're the, the better team. All right, Lou, Cleveland at Kansas City. I, I think it's Kansas City. They're a powerhouse. Cleveland will be good this year, but week one, I don't think they're going to have enough to come out and stop Pat Holmes. Yeah. I think I'm going to take the, the Chiefs in this one, too. And that's pretty much just because the Browns listed OBJ, Jadavian Clowney, Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison, and two more guys on as questionable for Sunday right now. So if that's true, I'm going with Chiefs. But but without those guys, I, I don't think the Browns are going to have to do it. But this is going to be my most anticipated game of the week. It's a very exciting game. Two great teams. And I think the Chiefs are going to come out on top. Yeah, look, I think... Cleveland's going to be one of the better teams in the AFC this year. I think they're probably going to win the North, in my opinion. That being said, Kansas City's going to be uh, PO'd, I guess I should say, after the, uh, the loss in the Super Bowl. They're going to come out looking for blood, and uh, they're still the class of the AFC. Kansas City for me. All right, Green Bay at New Orleans. Lou. I'll, I'll take Green Bay here. It's going to be an adjustment for New Orleans. I do think James Wilson, Jameis Winston will have a good year, but it's going to be his first week. I just think Green Bay, with Aaron Rodgers still here and fighting to try and get to a Super Bowl, I think they're going to come out strong week one. I agree. Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to have a great game, great season together. Um, I also think Jameis Winston is going to have a good game. The Saints are still a good team, even without Drew Brees, but new quarterback, new offense. So I think the Packers are going to be able to, to take this one. Yeah, I'm going with the Packers, too. I mean, look, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone after the season, but the best way to drive up your free agency value is to play out. I think he's going to try to ball out and do the best he can in Green Bay for one more year. And New Orleans, I think they'll be an okay team, maybe a wild card team. Uh, I think Jameis will be good as well. But week one, it's in uh, – I mean, it's not in Green Bay, but it's, you know, Green Bay. I trust them. So I'm going to go with Green Bay as well. All right, the Giants and Broncos. Of course, the Giants are home. Mike, who you got? I'm sticking with the G-men. I, I think Daniel Jones is going to be able to come out, get past that defense, throw the ball. Saquon Barkley is hopefully going to have a good game. And if he does, I think the Giants take over uh, MetLife Stadium and win this game against the Broncos in week one. I'm riding with the man on my shirt, Daniel Demetrius Dimes. The Giants are going to win this. I'm now going very optimistic, but uh, I, I do believe in my G-man. I think we're going to get on, on the board early, one nothing. Uh, yeah, it's a rematch of the 1986 season Super Bowl. And unlike that result, the Broncos are going to win this one. So I'm going to go with Denver. Uh, I just think Denver's defense is going to kill the Giants. All right. Miami at New England, Mike. 
I'm going New England. And with Cam Newton as quarterback, I'm going Miami. But with, with big old Mac Jones, I'm going New England. I think he's a good quarterback, a better quarterback than a lot of people think he is. Coming off, obviously, a, a great season with Alabama. And I think he's just going to be what the Patriots need. And I don't, I'm not really that high on Tua. So I'm going to go with, with New England here, going over Miami in that defense. The way the Patriots went out and spent this free agency, the way their defense is back, yeah, I just I'm going with the Patriots. I'm not sure I believe enough in Miami yet to take them. I think it will be a competitive game, but New England's the safer bet here. I'm going New England as well. Daniel Jones, as much as it pains me to say, really impressed me in the preseason. And I think Bill is annoyed by all the praise Tom Brady was getting and saying that he was the reason for those titles. I think Bill is going out with a vengeance this year. So give me New England in that opening game. All right, Chicago at Los Angeles, Mike. Rams and it's not even close. Andy Dalton is not going to win this game for the Bears. He should not be the starting quarterback for the Bears. If you're going to bring in Justin Fields like they did, start him from week one. I, I think he, he is a very talented quarterback, potentially the quarterback of the future. Let him go week one. Even with him going, Rams are winning this game. We saw Andy Dalton in Dallas. He's nothing special. And, and Matt Stafford is going to take this Rams team to an entirely new level. They've still got the great defense, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. And with Stafford at the helm now, guys like Woods and Cup, this Rams team is going to be scary, and they're going to win. Yeah, uh, I'm going with the Rams as well. I think Stafford is a huge upgrade over uh, Jared Goff. I'll be interested to see what he can do with these new weapons and really a competent system now for him. Great defense in Chicago. I mean, Justin Fields is going to be starting soon enough because Andy Dalton's just not going to perform. Give me the Rams. And the last game we're going to pick here is the Monday night game, Baltimore at Las Vegas. Uh, Mike, your thoughts? Was kind of up in the air on this one. I think I'm going to roll with, with, with Las Vegas on this one. I, I think Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback, underrated. I know I mentioned I'm not a big Josh Jacobs guy, but Henry Ruggs is possibly the fastest guy I've ever seen. I've ever seen run. Hunter Renfro has good hands and catch the ball. I, I just think Derek Carr is going to be able to come out and, and win this game and the Raiders defense are going to stop Lamar Jackson in that run game. So I'm going with the Raiders on this game. I, I just can't put my faith in Las Vegas. Baltimore's too talented. And I just, I don't see enough. Truthfully, I don't believe in Derek Carr. I'm kind of surprised that Las Vegas just kind of is like comp, comp, uh, content with where they are. They don't seem to really do anything year in and year out. I think Baltimore comes in and takes this one. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Las Vegas just because I think Baltimore's in a bad spot right now. I think they could still be a decent team, but those major injuries to very important players, they got to have a mental toll on this, this team. I mean, look, I think Lamar can make up for the lack of a running game with the running backs, but it's going to be tough. I don't think Vegas is a great team by any means, uh, but I'm going to have to take him in this game just because of where Baltimore is at right now. Well, we just ran through the slate of games, those 15 games, and uh, you got our picks. Hopefully, uh, you guys, I, I do with them as you will. That's up to you. I'm not going to endorse any kind of gambling or anything, but hopefully you just like our pick and think we're kind of experts on this. But that's it for our Pick'em segment, and that's going to be it for our show this week. That's it for another edition of NFL Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. You can listen to the show every week on iTunes, Spotify, WFUVsports.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Lou Orlando and Mike Messina, I'm Michael Legan, hoping for a Jets win this weekend. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.